0: From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 6th of January 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through Putin's call for a Christmas ceasefire that has been met with scepticism in Ukraine. This isn't the only thing happening in the world, though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. But first... Could there really be a temporary truce in Ukraine? News broke yesterday that Russian President Vladimir Putin had ordered Russian troops to implement a 36-hour ceasefire from the 6th to the 7th of January in order to mark Orthodox Christmas. The call for a Christmas truce came from the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill of Moscow, who is a vocal supporter of the invasion of Ukraine. A statement from the Kremlin read, Taking into account the appeal of His Holiness Patriarch Kirill, I instruct the Minister of Defence of the Russian Federation to introduce from 12 o'clock on January 6th, 2023 until midnight January 7th, 2023, a ceasefire along the entire line of contact between the parties in Ukraine. He went on to call on the Ukrainian side to declare a ceasefire and give them the opportunity to attend services on Christmas Eve as well as on the day of the Nativity of Christ. However, Putin's order had been met with scepticism from Ukraine and its allies, who pointed out that Russia did not relent in its bombing campaign on New Year's Eve or the 25th of December, which is also a public holiday in Ukraine. Patriarch Kirill's initial proposal was described as a cynical trap by Ukraine. Then, in response to Putin's statement, Ukrainian President Zelensky said Russia only wanted a 36-hour ceasefire as cover to stop Ukraine's advances and also to bring equipment, ammunition and mobilised men closer to the front. Zelensky said the war will end either when your soldiers leave or we throw them out. The United States was equally sceptical. The State Department echoed concerns that Russia would use any pause in fighting to rest, refit, to regroup, and ultimately to re-attack. Putin's order for a ceasefire appeared not to be conditional on Ukraine reciprocating, so we'll have to wait and see as to whether Russian forces do indeed put down their weapons for 36 hours. Christmas truce or no Christmas truce though, it makes little difference towards the actual negotiated end to the war. Earlier on Thursday, President Putin told Turkey's President Erdogan in a call that Moscow was ready for peace talks, but only under the condition that Kiev take into account the new territorial realities, meaning the Ukrainian territories annexed and occupied by Russia. An advisor to the Ukrainian president called the demand fully unacceptable. As the back and forth over a ceasefire went on, the United States and Germany made a joint announcement that they would supply Ukraine with armoured combat vehicles, following a similar announcement by France on Wednesday. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Violence broke out on Thursday in Mexico's northern state of Sinaloa after Mexican authorities arrested Ovidio Guzman Lopez, the son of notorious drug lord El Chapo. Unrest centred on Culiacán, the state capital, where gunfights broke out between security forces and cartel members. Cartel members reportedly set up roadblocks, set fire to vehicles, and even attacked a local airport, where two planes were hit by gunfire. Residents were told not to leave home, while schools, local government and many businesses closed. 32-year-old Guzman Lopez, also known as The Mouse, is accused of running a faction of his father's infamous Sinaloa cartel. His father, El Chapo, is serving a life sentence in a US supermax prison. Guzman Lopez had previously been captured and arrested in 2019 but was released to prevent more bloodshed after the arrest sparked significant cartel violence. In 2021, the US put a $5 million bounty on the young drug lord's head and his recent capture comes just days before US President Joe Biden arrives in Mexico for a North American Leaders Summit. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. With all the drama surrounding Twitter at the moment, the last thing the company needed was a huge data leak. Unfortunately for them, this is exactly what happened today. Around 200 million users' emails have been compromised by a major hack. The emails were then reportedly posted on a hacker's forum. So far, the hacker has not yet been identified, and there are suggestions that the breach may have even happened in 2021, before Elon Musk took over Twitter. Alon Gahl, co-founder of Israeli cybersecurity monitoring firm Hudson Rock, wrote on LinkedIn that the breach will unfortunately lead to a lot of hacking, targeted phishing and doxing, and that it was one of the most significant leaks I've seen. Twitter themselves are yet to comment on the hack. Iran has shut down a decades-old French research institute based in the Iranian capital in response to cartoons published by the French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo. The drawings, which Iran described as sacrilegious, mocked the country's ruling clerics and some of them were sexually explicit. Iran called the shutting down of the institute a first step in response to the cartoons and vowed further action if France did not hold to account the perpetrators and sponsors of such instances of spreading hatred. France's foreign minister said before the announcement that freedom of the press exists in France, contrary to what is happening in Iran. The magazine edition in question featured cartoons sent in by readers in support of anti-government protests in Iran. Charlie Hebdo said it had received more than 300 drawings from readers, but also thousands of threats. The latest magazine edition comes almost eight years on from an attack on the Charlie Hebdo office in Paris by Al-Qaeda terrorists that killed 12 people. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss a potential cancer vaccine. When the COVID pandemic hit, drug manufacturer BioNTech teamed up with Pfizer to create an mRNA vaccine, which was a brand new technology. It has since been suggested that this same technology could be used to create a personalised drug that provides the immune system with a genetic code of cancer, allowing it to attack specifically just the cancer cells. This would be a huge improvement from treatments such as chemotherapy, which targets lots of different cells but includes the cancer. Today, the UK Health Secretary, Steve Barclay, signed a moratorium of understanding with BioNTech, which will, in essence, allow cancer patients in England to get early access to trials exploring these mRNA therapies. This could happen from as soon as autumn. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing, that's over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.